If you have your Bible, please open it up to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to begin our study there in just a moment in verse number 13. This morning has certainly been great to be able to spend time with one another. I really appreciate the prayers from everyone. Thank you very much as you pray for me and my family. May God bless you. And as we begin to wrap up our time with one another this morning, we're going to begin in 1 Peter chapter 1 here in just a moment. Now, many of you already know this, and uh, if you're on uh, uh, Nikki's Facebook page, I'm sure you saw some photos as well, uh, that a couple of weeks ago, the the Lees took on Disney World, and it was a great experience. It was my first time uh, going there, and I learned a lot from this trip, from our trip to Disney World. I learned how much my son really likes Mickey and Minnie and a variety of other characters there. I also learned that the three of us could walk a marathon or over the course of a week, and yet that it's probably possible you can still gain weight even after walking that much. I learned that the, <laughs> the flight of passage has to be one of the best rides if you decide to go. That's an animal kingdom. You got to get on that ride. And I learned the best store at Disney World. It's not the Mickey store. Forget all about that. It's definitely not many or anything like that. The best store at Disney is in Disney Springs. It's the Marvel store, all right? So, Cody, if you guys ever go, that's the only store you need to go to, all right? Just save up for that store, and you'll be okay. Now, I did learn something else from our trip to Disney World. I actually learned some things, or at least we're reminded some things about modesty. And that may sound a little bit odd, but hang with me for a little bit. This morning, I want to talk a little bit about modesty. And as we think about the topic of modesty, the topic of modesty is not just for women. It is for both men and women. Modesty is for both the young and it's also for the old. It's not merely about one particular location like the beach, but really wherever we may be. I really have two big thoughts that I took away or were reminded of or learned during this trip with respect to modesty as we were at Disney for about a week. And as we think about this subject of modesty, it's not my thoughts, but we need to remember that the Word of God actually has a lot to say about this. It is a biblical subject that we do need to consider and that we really need to think about. We find instructions in the Word of God that how we dress really is a big deal in the eyes of God. That modesty, it really does matter. How we dress as Christians, it really does say a lot about us. We're reminded in passages like Matthew chapter 5, we're not going to read that right now, but we're reminded that we are to shine our lights. We are also reminded in the book of 1 Peter where I ask you to turn, are you there? Will you look with me please in verse 13? As Peter was writing to the saints who were under persecution, he did remind them of who they were, how they were to live, how they were to interact with others. He said in verse 13, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, their mindset, their focus was to be about heaven, about Christ and where they were headed. As obedient children, do not be conformed. And that's something very important as we think about how we dress, that it can be very easy to conform to what we see around us, to what we see at Disney, to what we see on television, to what we see even with our peers. But he said, do not be conformed to the former lust which were yours in your ignorance. Remember who you used to be. But you're dead now. You're, you, you've died and you're a new creature in Christ. Your focus now is on doing the will of God. 
But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves. Also, now notice what he says here, in all your behavior. So in all behavior, and that's going to include even how we present ourselves, be, be holy yourselves in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So we listen to our Father in heaven. We look to our Savior Jesus when it comes to how we go about living our lives, how we go about conducting ourselves, and even presenting ourselves. In First Timothy chapter 2, in First Timothy chapter 2, we are reminded about this subject as well. As Paul was giving Timothy instructions about how uh, individuals were to behave and conduct themselves, he reminded the saints in verse number 9 and 10, he said, and we'll come back to this towards the end, likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing. If there is such a thing as proper clothing, can we also say that there's such a thing as improper clothing? I think we can reach that conclusion. He said, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. That's something else I want you to think about. What claims are we making? Who are we striving to be? What do people see in you and me? What do they see in us? What are we claiming to be? If we're making great claims to godliness, then that certainly is going to have an impact with respect to what we wear and how we present ourselves. There is a standard for us. The standard is not the world. The standard is the word of God. And there is a standard when it comes to how we present ourselves wherever we may be. So I want to share with you a couple of thoughts Uh, that I learned from Disney. And the first thought that I want to share with you here as we think about this subject of modesty is, number one, that for a lot of people, modesty just doesn't really matter to to most people. For a lot of people, it's not really a subject that they're really thinking about. And I say this because of all the uncovered flesh that we saw. You know when someone is thinking that he or she is wearing something that may not be enough, when they're constantly pulling and tugging up, down, and all around. And I'm not trying to make fun of this. I'm being, I'm being serious here. That's what we saw at Disney. My wife saw too much. I saw too much. And unfortunately, my son, he saw too much. In 2019, modesty is not really a big deal anymore. Do you guys agree with that? At least from a worldly perspective, it's not really a big deal. You can read the news online and you hear more and more people who are posing uh, naked to make some kind of statement, whatever the statement may be. And even though they may not be completely naked, they may be wearing clothes that essentially are so tight that they essentially could be. The clothing stores make it really hard, make it really challenging to find modest apparel. Remember a couple of months ago when Phil Robertson was here? Remember what he said? He had an excellent lesson and thoughts about this subject on modesty. But one thing that stood out to me was the blog that this mother started uh, because she couldn't find appropriate clothing for her young uh, girls. And I, I did some research, and I found that blog. It's called a Target Intervention on behalf of my daughters. And she did a really great job really making this point. And there's a lot of people in the world that actually agree with her as well, so much so that even Target listened to her. That's saying something there. But looking and walking around four parks after about a week, I came to this conclusion that for many people, not saying everyone, but for many people or most people, modesty doesn't really matter. But what about us? Does it really matter to us? I hope you have, any, I hope you have not hung up on me already this morning. Don't, don't, don't tune me out this morning. 
sometimes that can happen when we start talking about subjects like this. This is a Bible subject that we really need to think about and really need to be concerned about. In 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm asking you to turn there with me because we are reminded that we are the people of God. We are in Christ. We make up uh, this holy nation in verse number 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, (coughs) a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's not about us. It's all about him. We need to remember who we are. We are, we are God's people, this holy nation, a royal priesthood. For once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Because we are the people of God, what God says in his word, it should matter to us. It should matter to us. But it doesn't matter to a lot of people in the world. But we, can only, we can't control people in the world, but I can control myself. You can control what you wear as well, too. It should matter to us. But now you are the people of God who had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are to remember that we are to be transformed. We're not to be conformed to this world, but rather transformed. That's what Paul reminded the saints in Romans chapter 12. He said, therefore, in verse 1, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world. Most people, at least at Disney and in other places, you could say, are, they're not concerned about this. But that's not who we follow. That's not who we're trying to keep up with. We're, we're trying to serve God. We're trying to be pleasing to him. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is so that uh, with the will of God excuse me, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, we should be setting the tone. We should be setting the tone when it comes to this subject here. One of the big thoughts I took away is that for a lot of people, modesty in this topic, it doesn't really matter. But does it really matter to us? It should matter to us. Whether or not you have children or not, it should still matter. And no matter where you may be in your walk with God, it should still matter. Now, I want to say this. The second thought I want to share with you is this. That while it didn't matter to a lot of people, I did think about this as well, and I did see that for some people, modesty, it still does matter. And I read a couple of things that I want to share with you, and I just want, to, want you to bear with me for about 40, 45 seconds. When we were leaving Disney at the airport, I read an article about the new movie Aladdin. It's a Disney movie. And what I read shocked me, but in a good way. The article said this, uh, Jasmine's signature outfit from the animated Aladdin is iconic. You know, the look, low-riding, turquoise, harem pants paired with a tiny off-the-shoulder top that leaves a princess's belly button out in the open. That's not an outfit that exists in the new world of Disney's live-action Aladdin. The animated movie was done in 1992. This is what kind of took me by surprise. We wanted to modernize the movie. And some things are inappropriate these days for families, says producer Dan Lin. So there was a rule on the set to make sure the movie achieved that goal. No midriff, Lynn says. Instead of wearing monochrome bra tops and baggy pants, Jasmine is dripping in sumptuous gowns with gold detailing elaborate trains and vibrant jewels that highlight her regality over her sexuality. By the way, Jasmine isn't the only character who's less sexualized in the new film. Aladdin, whose signature animated outfit is a bare-chested torso with a purple vest and pants actually wears sleeves this time around. 
although the genie played famously by Will Smith is bare-chested. So you can't have everything, but it did make me think about something. Isn't it interesting? And I know there could be a lot of reasons behind the why they may be doing this, but it did make me think, isn't it interesting that they're making this $100 million movie and they're actually thinking about what these individuals are wearing and why they're doing this? I think that's something for us to think about. Modesty it does matter for some people. It still matters for some people. Not everyone at Disney was dressed in an immodest way as well because mod- modesty still matters. There's an article I also found in 2017 called <laughs> Is Modest Fashion the Next Big Thing? And it had some interesting thoughts uh, from Forbes magazine. In 2017, London hosted, uh, London hosted its first ever Modest Fashion Week which featured more than 40 different labels showing a variety of fashions and styles. And I know there may be some reasons as to why they're doing this and certain, c- certain clothing that they shared and maybe the people that they were going after. But that really stood out to me as well, that, they, that there are people now even thinking about this idea of having a modest fashion week because when you really think about it, many of those fashion shows are not modest in nature. Now, that's not our standard. But it did get me thinking about some things, that people do have a standard, that people are thinking about these things, and not everyone is is dressing inappropriately or immodestly. And while non-religious people may have a different view as to their why, nonetheless, they do have a view. They do have a standard. That's something we need to really think about. We need to have a standard as well. We do have a standard. We have the Word of God. And I said this, but I'm going to say it again. As we think about modesty, It should matter to us. Modesty should matter to us. Our standard is not the world. It is the word of God. You you believe that? Our standard is not the world, but it is the word of God, which means that, you know, we need to really be thinking about this. And I recognize that some of us are in different places with respect to our walk, but I will say this. We are to grow as Christians. That's what Peter reminded the saints in Second Peter 3 and verse 18. As we grow in our walk with God, there should be even noticeable changes. There should be noticeable changes that uh, even include our dress. We are to excel still more. We need to be thinking about these topics and subjects. Paul reminded the saints in Thessalonica and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, these Christians were doing really well. Yet he would still remind them, excel still more. I want you to continue to grow, not just, you know, not just in your faith, but also in your love for God. That's the type of mindset that we really need, even as we think about dress and modesty. For some people, they just kind of turn these things off. We don't really need to think about this, and who are you to say these things? Well, we have, the God, we have God's word. God is our standard. The word of God is our standard. Paul would say in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 1, Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as how you ought to walk and please God. You see, think about that. This isn't about us, but it's about pleasing God. It's about him. It's not about us. And the more we get this mindset, I want to be pleasing to God. I want to be pleasing in his sight. We can worry so much about what other people are going to say and trying to keep up with the trends and things like that, but let's make sure that we're being pleasing to God, how we ought to walk and please God 
just as you actually do walk. They were walking accordingly. They were living a life that was pleasing to God. We can do the same thing. That you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave to you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, you abstain from sexual immorality. We need to be thinking about these topics. We need to be thinking about these issues. Modesty, it does matter because we're to walk in a way that's pleasing to God. I want to suggest three more thoughts with you or to you as we think about this subject of modesty. Turn over to Galatians chapter 3. And the first thought I want you to consider as we think about the fact that modesty matters because it matters to God, I want you to remember this, that as Christians, we have put on Christ. We've put on Christ. That changes everything. That should change our mindset with how we even approach this subject. In Galatians chapter 3, as Paul was writing to the saints, he reminded them in verse, uh, look at verse 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. He reminded them of who they were, present tense. He reminded them how they became that way. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, that's what they had done, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Isn't that language amazing? That figure or that that imagery here of being clothed with Christ. The fact that we are in Christ, that we have fellowship with not only the Son, but with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. And because we we are in Christ, because we are clothed with Christ, our view of everything, all behavior, as Peter said, our speech, our clothing, our actions must change. It means that we're seeking things above and not things below. Our lives are hidden in him. The former life is now dead. It's all about him. It's all about pleasing him. In Colossians chapter 3, this is what Paul reminded the saints. You don't look, you, you seek those things that are above, not the things that are below. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, he said, Therefore, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above. The more we set our minds on the things above, the more that's going to have an impact in all of our in all areas of our life, including how we dress, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead. That man is gone. We may have done some things, and I'm sure we, had, we did a lot of things before we became a Christian. But now we're new creatures in Christ. There's a new way that we're living. We're living according to God. Dead to immorality, to impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Folks, we have put on Jesus Christ. That is a game changer. That changes the way how we view what God has to say about modesty. We don't keep up with the world. We're not concerned about what other people have to say. We're concerned about what God has to say. We're concerned about how he sees us and how we are conducting ourselves. We need to remember that we've been clothed with Christ. That changes everything as we approach this subject. Secondly, remember this, that modesty, it is powerful. It is powerful because not a lot of people are really thinking about it. And because of other reasons, it says something about a person. It really does. It's important to know that this is powerful. This idea of how we address and approach this subject and conduct ourselves and present ourselves, it really is powerful. Our choice of how we dress is going to go a long way. You see, even as parents, we can positively influence our children, our family, about this very subject based upon what we do. One of the things I always like to encourage are one of the group, one group of individuals in particular are, are young ladies. 
when you strive to be modest, you need to know that what you're doing something is something very powerful because it demonstrates that you understand your worth in Christ. It demonstrates that you understand who you are and how you view your body in a proper way that you're doing that. We need to remember that, indeed, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Psalm 139, we're reminded about that. Our worth is not in our measurements. Our worth is not in uh, our bodies, our flesh and blood, but in the fact that we're made in the image of God and that we are in Jesus Christ. I want you to think about something else. When you think about the sexual relationship and those who see our bodies, it's designed to be for our spouse and for our spouse alone. That's what the Bible helps us to see. In Proverbs chapter 5, as Solomon was reminding his son about the dangers of the adulterous woman, he gives him instruction. And this isn't the only chapter where he does this. He reminds his son in verse number 15, he said, Drink water from your own cistern and fresh water from your own well. Should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth as a loving hind in a graceful doe. Let her breasts satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, be exhilarated by an adulteress? I heard someone say, and it really stood out to me, you know, we wouldn't let someone touch our bodies in an inappropriate way, right? We would not allow individuals to do that. But why is it the case sometimes that we may be so quick to let others see parts of our bodies that are meant for our spouse alone? That's something that we really need to think about. You see, our bodies and, and what we are allowing others to see is something very important. Our bodies are designed to be for, for our spouse and our spouse alone. And I recognize that we can't control what other people think, but we can control what we reveal. And we all need to guard our minds. That's what Job reminded, uh, reminds us in Job chapter 31 and verse 1. He made a covenant not to, look at, uh, not to look at another woman. We recognize these responsibilities. And yet there's something powerful here that, that what we decide to reveal it goes a long way with what it says about us. Our bodies and enjoying our bodies are designed for our spouse. And our spouse alone. So why are we so quick sometimes to let others see parts of our bodies that are designed and meant to be for our spouse alone? Modesty is powerful. It does say something. And it goes a long way. It helps us to understand that it's not just about what we're trying to go after. But it's something far greater. We're trying to be pleasing to God. We're trying to be different in this world where for so many people it just doesn't matter at all. We have put on Christ. Remember that modesty is powerful. And remember, God does have something to say about our bodies. He does have something to say about our bodies. And he has something to say about our dress. I want to conclude by sharing with you two passages that I think will help us out and really maybe even cause some to potentially pause and to reflect and to ponder and to to reconsider potentially some things about maybe how we have viewed you know, how we present ourselves and, and how we conduct ourselves and things like that. We see this in the beginning in Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3. We know the story, right, where Adam and Eve had, Adam and Eve had everything. And yet they, they believed the lie of the devil. They disobeyed God. They sinned. And after that, we find some interesting things that happen. After they listened to the serpent, the Bible says in verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. 
and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. So they recognized some things and decided they needed to cover up some parts of their bodies. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he would have this conversation with Adam, and there would be this dialogue, this this back and forth. First, I want you just to notice that after they recognized uh, that they were naked, they began to cover themselves, but that was not going to meet the standard that God had for them. Later on in the chapter, in verse number 21, what we find here, the Bible says the Lord God made garments of skin. So even notice there's a difference of what how God is going to clothe them. They sewed fig leaves together. There's going to be a dramatic difference with garments of skin as opposed to fig leaves for Adam and his wife. And the Bible says he clothed them. This idea of garment is, in the Hebrew word, is, it, it means, or the word is kepheneth. And I may not be pronouncing that correctly, but it's the idea of a, a, a tunic, an undergarment, a coat, a garment, a robe, a long shirt-like garment. And, and this garment would have reached from the shoulder down to the knees. And it certainly would have been far different than what they had originally covered themselves with. If we just think about that for a second and really ponder and think about where so many people are today with respect to dress, don't you think that's a good standard maybe to begin with? or just to, to follow in general, that's going to that's gonna cover up quite a bit. And that's something I really want you to think about, that God, it mattered to him. It demonstrates that how we cover ourselves, it does matter, and that there needs to be some covering of our bodies. That's something important that we need to remember too. Adam and Eve were given a rule, as one po- person said, that, that modest and decent, not costly or sumptuous, is what matters more. And I really like that statement. I think it's a powerful thought to consider that God covered them. He clothed them properly. And as we think about our children, as we think about ourselves, this is, I think, a good standard to start with. Now, there are many other passages all throughout the Bible where you find that God gave man uh, and women a standard. There was a standard with what they were to cover and how much they were to cover. And this is really a great starting place to to think about about ourselves and what we're covering. You know, sometimes the question comes up, uh, you know, what about guys? Should we go running with our shirt off outside? You know, you look at the standard, the answer to that is no. There's a, such a thing as proper clothing. If something is proper, there's something improper or improper. And the idea of covering up is something we need to do. And I think this helps us to answer questions like, well, what about, you know, what about bikinis? Well, those things would not even come close to what we find here with respect to how Adam and Eve were covered up. As we think about clothing, it matters to God that our bodies are covered and that how we dress says something about us. And that's what Paul is emphasizing as he wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, you go back to those verses there, these are really powerful thoughts to consider that we should not take lightly. In verse 9 and 10, and as you look above in verse number 8, he was given instruction about how men Uh, how they were to pray in every place, lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. And just as important as that is and was, so is dress. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works as is proper for women making a claim to godliness, modestly and discreetly. That's the idea of having a sense of, of shame, of, of bashfulness, 
of things that are appropriate in nature. This idea of, of a shrinking, so to speak, that we want to be sure that we don't cross any boundaries. That says something very powerful about how we should think about how we dress and what we put on. That the goal is not to reveal. The goal is to conceal. This idea of modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly garments. I don't think he's saying that we can't wear these things, but, but these things don't define our beauty. Those things are not the standard. And if these things are the standard or to begin to define who we are, then there's a major problem with how we even view ourselves. He says modestly and discreetly, proper clothing, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works. He's making this contrast as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. You see, what's more important is how we present ourselves. What's more important is how we are presenting ourselves to others around us. Are these good works and women who are making these claims of this is who I am? And our dress will say a lot about who we are and who we ultimately belong to. These passages here should cause us to really think about and maybe even go into our closets and say, you know what? Maybe I need to look at some of my clothing. Maybe I need to reconsider, should I be wearing this? If this idea of of modestly and discreetly is this idea of a sense of shame or bashfulness or shrinking back, that's something really powerful, making sure that we don't cross a line. Now, for many people, modesty did not matter at Disney, but it does matter to us. And I appreciate God-fearing individuals here that make that very clear, that how we dress, it really does matter. Brothers and sisters, we should be setting the tone. At the end of the day, we set the tone. We are Christians. People in the world should see that there is something unique and different in us, that we're going to set the tone. We can set the tone in our home when it comes to our dress. You can set the tone, young people, in your school when it comes to your dress. Even on your sports teams, you can set the tone. We can set the tone even when it comes to what we post and share on social media. People do see those things. And there are some things that other individuals should not see. We get to set the tone. And all we do, we're making a claim to something. What claim are we saying? What, what claim are we making? What do people see in us? Our dress does say something about us. Now, as I thought, talked about this subject about Disney and thought more about this subject concerning Disney, I did see a lot of people covered up. I saw a lot of people covered up because they didn't want to get a sunburn. I mean, they're covered up. I mean, from head to toe, they're making sure their neck is covered, everything is covered, because they don't want to get a sunburn. What is our goal when it comes to covering up? What's our motivation with how we dress? What is it? What is our motivation with how we dress? Is it for others to see us glorifying the Son, Jesus, and glorifying God? We've got to really think about this. Now, I'll say this. Nikki did a great job. She planned 99.999% of the trip, all right? Uh, and we planned for this trip for a really long time. We, we asked ourselves a lot of questions. We asked a lot of you guys as well questions. We asked questions like this. Where should we stay? Hmm, interesting. When should we go? What was it red light, yellow light, green light, things like that about how busy it is? Where should we eat? That was not a problem for me. I just ate everything. Don't worry about that. What ride should we try? We spent time really thinking about these things. What ride should we get on? We only got a limited amount of time, and these fast passes only go for so long. Now think about this. We did that for a vacation. 
Should we not ask questions when it comes to what we wear? I think we could do the same thing. Let me give you some questions here. Some questions to consider. Number one, is it too tight? It's a legitimate question, right? Is it too tight? Secondly, is it appropriate? We understand this in so many different areas when it comes to job interviews and who we're meeting and things like that. We understand the importance that our dress says something about us. We need to be thinking about this when it comes to our walk with the Lord. The next question I want you to think about, why am I wearing this? Maybe that should have been the very first question. Why am I wearing this? Am I trying to show out? Am I, am I, is pride kind of creeping in? Why am I wearing this? Could this cause someone to stumble? And I recognize everyone has to control themselves in their minds and their eyes, but we do need to consider that something that I'm wearing could poten- potentially cause someone to stumble, stumble. And the last question, why do I want to reveal this part of my body? What, what is it? Why is it that I want to reveal this part of my body? I will say this. At Disney World, we had everything planned. We failed in some of the areas. We didn't hit the mark 100% of the time. But we did learn a lot. And Lord willing, next time we go, we're going we're gonna to do some things differently. I'm saying this because when it comes to our dress, I know I have failed in times past. And I'm sure many of us could say the same thing as well. We didn't hit the mark. We revealed too much. But as we grow in Christ, as we think more about who we are, clothed with Christ, transformed by the renewing of our minds, we will improve in every area of our lives, including our dress. If we've missed the mark, if our children have missed the mark, there's a simple thing that we can do. We can change. We can improve. And that's what this is all about. I want to conclude this morning by asking you all, are you properly clothed this morning? And what I mean by that, are you clothed with Christ? If you are, then that changes everything about how you dress every single day. And if you're not, then you need to be right now. You need to be in fellowship. You need to be baptized into Jesus Christ and walk with him the rest of your days. We'd love to help you out if that's what you're in need of today. If you're subject to the invitation, come now as we stand and as we sing. Would you live for Jesus and be all-